0: hello hello this is the aesthetic vibes podcast and i am your host amy this podcast is based around relevant and completely irrelevant topics sometimes the deep and meaningful and other times pretty meaningless topics there are way too many negative vibes in the universe so let's hang out together and spread aesthetic vibes come hang out with me Welcome to today's episode. We are going back into my true crime dive series. This is the series where we take a closer look at true crime cases. So, our first case today is based on Lacey Ellen Fletcher, and the second, Adrian Jones. These are two relatively recent cases, both that have left me feeling really, really uneasy, unwell and concerned with how society is progressing or lack thereof. The fact that we have real-life monsters that walk amongst us is so scary. I want to also provide a trigger warning that both of these cases are extremely graphic and disturbing. There is child abuse and neglect in both cases. The purpose of today's podcast is to give a voice to the people who have lost their lives and to speak about these monsters that walk amongst us. Let's go. Our first case is Lacey Ellen Fletcher, a 36 year old woman from Louisiana. Lacey was diagnosed with autism and social anxiety quite early on in her life, and she was later diagnosed with locked-in syndrome. Her parents are Sheila and Clay. So the news broke in April 2022 surrounding Lacey's death. But the most disturbing facts weren't centered around her death. It was more so the how and the why that were the most shocking. This case is absolutely shocking and disturbing. So much so that it upset some of the most seasoned of emergency services workers. Let me describe a little more for you. So Lacey had a seemingly normal life. However, roughly 15 years ago, she basically completely disappeared from the public view. Neighbours from her local area report that she was last seen by them when she maybe would have been about 21 years old. Lacey was described as being thin, but physically normal. She was often seen exercising around her street with small weights. Uh, Lacey actually attended the Brownsville Baptist Academy in Louisiana, where she was on the volleyball team. She was described as being such a sweet, kind person. In her later teens, Lacey started to retreat from schooling, and she soon became homeschooled after ninth grade. Her parents were asked a few times about Lacey uh, passing by people, neighbors, um, and they always claimed she was fine and changed the subject. So what happened between the ages of 21 and 36? Where did Lacey go? What happened to Lacey? Fast forward to January 3rd, 2022, and Lacey has passed away. Sheila, her mother, rang 911 around 2 a.m., on January 3rd 2022 to report her daughter had stopped breathing. When emergency service workers got there, Lacey was found in a completely horrifying manner. She was emaciated with feces covering her entire body. She was in a deep hole in the couch in the living room. Lacey was buried up to her shoulders in the couch. There was a hole that her small body had created over the years in the couch. The lounge itself was rotted and disintegrating. She was slumped over on her left side, with her right arm across the top of her body near her neck. She was reported to be naked, with the exception of a small t-shirt that was pulled up on her chest, not completely covering her breasts. Her eyes were open, her mouth open, her legs crossed under her, her face covered in large angry blotches, excrement covering almost her entire body. Her hair was matted and filled with maggots, the lounge being described as her personal prison. A few feet away was a um, cluttered low black table with items that looked to be used on lacy. So there were some cleaning items like talcum powder, wipes, little bits and bobs. But what the hell? What the hell? What happened? A forensic examination revealed um, even more disturbing facts. So Lacey weighed ninety-six pounds and was tested positive for COVID nineteen. The flesh on her body appeared to be worn or eaten away from twelve years sitting in the same position on the couch. There was raw yellow marks where skin used to be or areas were completely black. Lacey had sat on the couch for 12 years, the cause of death being severe medical neglect, which led to chronic malnutrition, acute starvation, immobility, acute ulcer formation, body infection, and sepsis. She was physically fused to the couch. The smell was apparently absolutely horrific. It was claimed that her parents hadn't wanted to call the police and a neighbour had actually spotted Lacey on the couch and said to the parents, you've got to call 911. The parents also claimed that uh, she'd developed Asperger's syndrome after ninth grade, which was one of the contributing factors to her being homeschooled. According to the parents, Lacey voluntarily chose to remain on the couch and to relieve herself on a nearby towel. What the hell? Sheila claimed she routinely cleaned her daughter's sores and Lacey never complained about being in any pain. Okay, if she's got mental health challenges, she may not be completely verbal, but if she's also got locked-in syndrome... You can only move your eyes. So yes, she's not going to complain because she can't. I really don't understand this case. Lacey was Sheila and Clay's only child and she was clearly struggling with an awful lot. She hadn't seen a doctor since the age of 16 and several of her illnesses actually needed medication to ensure a quality of life was actually achieved for her. But what kind of parents actually allow a child to sit in their own filth, using a nearby towel to relieve themselves? It's absolutely horrific. The parents were adamant that Lacey was of sound mind and made her own decisions. I don't get this. How? How can you reside also in the same house as someone who is physically decaying away? As parents, they have an obligation to ensure she's well looked after you know, if I ever have a child and they claim that they don't want to move from the lounge or use the bathroom, you know, it's, it's not appropriate. You know, you are a responsible human. You need to move the child um, and get them functioning. And if they can't and they need medical attention, then that's what you do. Part of being a good parent is setting rules, boundaries, and expectations. Her parents were arrested on the 4th of April 2022 and taken to East Feliciana Parish Jail. Late on the 5th of April 2022, Sheila made bail. Uh, Clay remained behind bars due to issues with raising the bond money. Sheila was captured leaving the prison, refusing to answer any questions posed by the media. She returned the following day to pick up her husband and again the pair didn't answer any questions. They were both charged with the death of Lacey. They were indicted by a grand jury for second degree murder. During the trial, photos of Lacey's death were shown to the jury members. The court was so concerned they had paramedics on standby. Should anybody on the jury need medical treatment after seeing these images? Jury members were said to gasp and look completely shocked at what they saw. The parents were deemed culpable because they could have gotten her off the lounge and gotten her the medical treatment she needed. It was concluded that the parents had just gotten used to her being that way. This case is beyond frustrating. I am completely outraged. There were so many failures here. I have so many questions that I doubt any of them will be answered. When you have a child, they become your responsibility. End of discussion on that point. And when you have an unwell child in whatever format, they're too your responsibility. If she was suffering from locked-in syndrome, she's unable to speak or look after herself. This really does become the parent's problem, so to, sp- so to speak. I mean, you know, problem's not the greatest word to use, but it is your problem. You have to work this out as a parent. The fact that these people were using excuses in this situation is evidence they're totally ignorant. We don't care about excuses or reasonings. There's nothing you can say to make this situation better. There's nothing you can say or do to the public that will excuse this behaviour. There is a duty of care And legally, there's a duty of care as well. If you don't want to uphold that duty, here's a crazy thought. Don't have children. (gasps) I have nothing else to say apart from I hope her parents enjoy their prison cells. And my love goes out to Lacey and may she rest in peace. Okay, I've cooled off a little. (laughs) I'm expecting that to quickly diminish (laughs) once we've unpacked the next case. Uh, This is genuinely upsetting. I I really struggled with this case, but I think it needs to be shared because this little boy needs a voice. So Adrian Jones was a little seven-year-old boy from Kansas City. He lived with his father, Michael, and stepmother, Heather. Adrian was abused, tortured, and starved to death. In a similar situation to the last case, Adrian too was homeschooled. However, he was confined to a disgusting rodent infested house. The family was fairly isolated, sitting on 15 acres of land. To make this case even more disturbing, all of the abuse was in fact captured through surveillance cameras in the house along with some of it being posted online. What the hell, people? So Adrian was seven years old. I think we can all safely agree that children can be a handful. There's no surprise, they have good and bad days. Uh, On that, I'm an adult and I too have good and bad days where I too am a little bit of a handful. When Adrian was naughty, he would be subjected to cruel punishments that can only be described as torturous so let me give you some examples of what his father and stepmother used to do to him he would often be strapped to a table and blindfolded he could often be standing in neck deep water in a filthy family pool overnight there are a lot of pictures of adrian before his death where he looked completely bruised and bloody His teeth were rotting and his hands were often swollen from being tied up. There's also a picture where Adrian appears to be tied up with a plate of rotting food in front of him and a bar of soap in his mouth. He was subjected to eating out of a maggot-infested bowl outside the home with hands tied behind his back. Uh, Yeah, I saw video footage of it. It's absolutely disturbing. So his punishments continued to increase and he was soon housed in a small shower stall, a little white one with tiles. And he was encased in this shower by a piece of plywood that was attached to the front of it and strapped to the wall. He was made to stand for hours in this filthy little shower, unable to sit, going to the toilet in this filthy shower and being in his own waste. He was often shackled bound, starved and beaten. He was so thin that it was claimed that he looked like a starving child from a third world country. And I saw an image of him standing in the pool and he's so gaunt. It is absolutely disturbing. He was often punished through needing to hold his hands above his head. And the fact that he was so thin and ill and forced to complete these terrible activities is truly disgusting. There are pictures online and they're actually really hard to look at so you know I just want to caution you that if you do look into this case just be mindful it's really not easy to see. There's so many pictures, video surveillance footage, like it is absolutely disgusting. There were images where he was bound with a rigid wooden kitchen cutting board on his back so he actually couldn't bend over and all of this being documented by the stepmother and being shared to her freaking facebook one post on facebook read just strapped the boy so let's pause here she never referred to him by name she referred to him as the boy just strapped the boy to my inversion table with handcuffs and ace bandages and put him downstairs The hubby wants some arse and I haven't had none in over a week. Love you all, nighty night. In another post, Heather joked about, oh, the boy's being punished for stealing food Um, and she'd send him outside to run laps as punishment. In addition, the stepmother, hold, 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 let's stop calling her that. Uh, Mother, or stepmother for that that fact, don't does not belong near this woman's name. So let's just call her Heather, because her name's Heather. Heather had also saved online ads for straight jackets and blanket wraps for transporting human bodies. Heather is even seen in some pictures, actually standing in front of the shower, taking photos of where the child was trapped. Adrian was subjected to being hit in the face with a broomstick and having a taser used on him. In 2014, Michael, the father, let's also not call him father either, so Michael actually called Adrian's biological mother to tell her that Adrian was in a psychiatric hospital because he had turned into a pedophile and had sexual predator tendencies. What? Huh? A six-year-old? Huh? The? Hell? What? Apparently, there were several people that could have helped Adrian. So his uncle actually stayed with the family for some time and apparently was very aware of the situation. Child services were also aware of of the situation to a certain extent about three and a half years before his actual death. However, he somehow fell between the cracks. So we're not sure, but at some point between 18th September and 4th of October, Adrian actually died from the ongoing issues and trauma sustained. It's believed that the family lived with his deceased body for about two weeks. Okay, it gets worse, guys. They then went out and purchased six feeder pigs and tossed Adrian's body into the pen in the hopes of getting rid of the evidence of what they had done to poor Adrian. The original plan was for Michael and Heather to move to Utah shortly after Adrian's death because no one would have known the family there or that there was an additional family member, that being Adrian. However, this plan fell apart. Heather apparently called the police after Michael shot a gun at her while she was holding their youngest daughter. When the police arrived, apparently Heather just spilled the beans, told them everything, showed them everything, and that was that. The other siblings are now in foster care and undergoing intense treatment. So I think there were four additional siblings that lived with them, um, girls. Adrian's grandmother is calling for a public inquiry into what happened to Adrian and how his life was ended in this completely terrifying way, undetected. Along with how this young boy was subjected to this treatment with no one intervening. This is truly disturbing and sad. And again, I come back to the, the concept that if you don't want the children, don't have them. And then if you do have them, they're your responsibility torture of this nature is so heinous that I can barely wrap my brain around this. I can't even bear the thoughts of my pets not having water in their water bowls because they might get thirsty. So we have four locations downstairs, four water stations for them, and one upstairs just in case they get a little thirsty. How the hell can you treat a human like this? Or any one or thing for that matter? what on earth did he do to deserve even a fraction of this abuse this really makes me want to see people like this get locked up forever and we're lucky enough in this case because both pled guilty to first-degree murder and were sentenced to life in prison toodaloo have a good one enjoy your cell. the issues with these two cases are clear and absolutely frightening especially when parents are supposed to protect the children that they have but instead they don't my purpose today behind sharing these cases is to bring visibility to those voices that weren't heard and should have been as with every episode we shift to a lighter segment And today I'm gonna cover off some topics that I just don't like talking about. Let's start with something fairly obvious, politics and religion. I despise talking about political views and religious beliefs. This is because people rarely agree on these different perspectives. These topics for me become absolutely exhausting and this never-end debate that people think is so intellectual. It's not. It's annoying. Completely pointless discussion. The debate is never fulfilling. The conversation, rarely intellectual. So let's not. There are plenty of better things to talk about. You know, religion and politics are two issues that we will rarely agree on. So let's just keep our opinions to ourselves and find something more interesting to discuss. I really also don't like talking about money. I find money is a subjective topic. What I deem expensive or inexpensive might be completely different to the next person. I also just don't like talking about how much money I earn or hearing how much money someone else earns. The variable factor here is skills, education, experience and capabilities. So comparing one person's earnings to the next, this isn't comparing apples to apples. This is more apples to bananas. For me, I find it a very barbaric conversation. I always feel so uncomfortable talking about money. And I feel really awkward with the whole, like you go out for dinner and the bill comes and it's like, do we split this? You know, it's so awkward. I hate it. I prefer that if we just go, okay, cool. We go out for dinner regularly. You pick up that one. I'll pick up this one. Um, It's super awkward unless you really desperately want to split it and then I'm fine with that as well. But it's just such an awkward conversation. I also hate lending money because asking for it back makes me feel like ill. I hate being like, oh, can I have that $20 back? I don't know. I just feel, I just feel icky from it. So I don't lend money for that fact. I just don't like asking for it back. I mean, if I was to lend it and someone was to return it, straight away I'd be fine with that but I hate having to follow people up and be like oh you owe me $40 for example like so uncomfortable I also really hate hearing about people's dreams this is the worst they're so boring (laughs) so I hate it when someone's like oh my god I had the craziest dream last night and this happened and that happened and this and this and this I'm like oh my god I don't care Please keep your dreams to yourself. I don't care. I hate this topic. I freaking hate it. Okay, so this one might be a little controversial, but I can't stand hearing about people being on vacation or holiday or going on vacation or holiday. I absolutely hate hearing about the random building in the depths of Rome filled with artwork that we saw that was truly breathtaking. Um, Or the really blue water we swam in, in whatever country where there's water of some description. Or the, oh my god, you'd have no idea. It's so beautiful in real life. Look, let's just say less. Just say, look, had a great time. uh, And let's move on. Please don't tell me about the random waterfall in some random forest. I, I really, really hate listening to it. I just don't care. (laughs) I really just don't care. Um, I also hate hearing gossip about people I don't know. (laughs) Like, oh my God, I worked with blah, blah, and she's the worst, and she always gossips with blah, blah. Okay, cool. I don't know these people. (laughs) I can't can't add anything to this discussion. I'm usually like, "Uh uh uh-huh, (laughs) uh-huh. It's just, it's not a fun way to gossip. Um, the only fun way to gossip is about someone you know. so Someone you both know. <laughs> so please, for the love of God, let's not gossip about people I don't know. Well, that's a wrap. I hope you... Uh, I don't know if I can say enjoyed, but, you know, I hope that the first part of the podcast today was just a little bit of, of an awareness piece. Um, I think it's truly important that, you know, we take the time to look at these recent cases and we give people a voice that, that they couldn't voice themselves when they were alive. Um, and they certainly can't voice now that they've um, moved on and passed, o- passed away. I guess it comes back to There were so many failures in both of these cases, points where people could have conducted further investigation. Um, I think it comes back to if something doesn't feel right or if something doesn't look right, something doesn't smell right, I think we have to be more outspoken with these concerns and raise them with the relevant people, i.e. emergency services, child services, whatever. So I just think we as society and as a community we need to do better and I also think these people who feel like they can get away with these absolutely horrendous things shit is going to catch up with you don't think for a second you're actually going to get away with this this type of shit will catch up with you you will be punished in some form or another I hope you enjoyed my topics (laughs) I just don't want to discuss. You'll never hear me on my podcast talking about religion or money or dreams um, or a particular holiday that I had. So all good there. Join me next episode. I'm going to discuss imposter syndrome and how we can build more self-confidence in the meantime, let's hang out on social media. Hit me up at Aesthetic Vibes Pod or drop me an email at Aesthetic Vibes Podcast at Outlook.com. Ooh, guess what? I have a brand new website. Check it out. It's pretty cool, actually. Uh, well, I think it is. So uh, check it out. Aesthetic Vibes podcast.com. Until next time. Uh, bye. 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 <laughs>